millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And uh, welcome to the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, as you expect on a Thursday, uh, you expect a bit of us uh, talking nonsense. And you also expect a birthday spread, which, as always, we brought you. But we had some serious conversations uh, uh, today uh, on the show. We were joined by uh, the makers of the new documentary, Football's Coming Out, uh, which is available on uh, all four through Channel 4 at the moment and that was a very interesting chat about uh, the players they spoke to in the making uh, of that documentary and uh, today is uh, Holocaust Memorial Day and the author and journalist David Bolkover came in and spoke to us about the the many great uh, footballers that were lost uh, having had their lives taken by the Nazi regime uh, in the uh, 40s so uh, fascinating chat with David um, and here it all is it is uh, seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Paul. As a great joke writer yourself, as a great writer yourself, um, it's very sad for the passing of Barry Cryer yeah. today, Paul. A brilliant, brilliant joke teller. I don't know if you ever got to meet him. If you did meet him, he would always have a great joke. I've got one for you. Here we go. He'd always have a great... Is it clean? Of- not all. No, of, oh no, not all I'm just Barry's doing the material. No, no, I've, I'm yeah. saying look out for the parrot joke, ah. beautiful parrot joke, and look out for the joke that uh, Richard Herring's podcast uh, uh, is a woman with a Bible on a train, right. which is which I cannot tell on air, Paul. But they're all great jokes. Great joke writer. The man's CV is uh, as a writer and comedian as a, a a joke teller is absolutely second to none. Having worked with you know. Obviously, Morecambe and Wise and everybody. And uh, also uh, Dave Allen, Stanley Baxter, Jack Benny, Rory Bremner, George Burns, the George Burns, Jasper Carrot, Tommy Cooper, Les Dawson, Dick Emery, Bruce Forsyth, David Frost, Bob Hope, Frankie Howard, Richard Pryor. Real straddled generations. And he was never scared of newer comedians coming through either. He was was very supportive, wasn't he? Very supportive of of everybody coming through. So he always... Um, celebrated rather than was scared and held people down. So. The Archbishop of Canterbury on the other side of the road is a rather good yes. as well, so look out for that one <laughs> today. Really so, sad day, but uh, you know, a, a lot of laughs I, have just left the building. You mentioned the people you work with there, and I only ever met Barry once, actually, and uh, at a chat with him, we compared notes about writing for Frankie Howard, mm. which, which I did much oh, later did than yeah, yeah. later years, and it was quite an interest. But, yeah, again, he was a lovely guy. I was quite a sort of youngish writer, then he was very supportive. Yeah. And very nice, and uh, you've definitely got to look at all the tributes pouring in on yeah. social media to say, you know, so many people loved him uh, across the generation. Yeah. I'm so, friends yeah. with his uh, son, Bob, as well, so yeah. uh, love, to, love to the family. Absolutely, you know, yeah. That. When you're writing for Funky And Howard. working, that's, that's a lovely thing, isn't it? He did uh, a series of podcasts recently, yeah. so working right up until the very end, which is probably what Yeah, I think Bob ones. wanted to get a lot of those stories down yeah. so other people could hear them, you know, so uh, rather, than it, rather than just, uh, you know, but... Really, really, really great, yeah. funny, I'm sure there'll funny, be a, funny man. There'll you know? be you, you'll get a chance, kids, to see a show called Joker's Wild, which oh, yeah. I still think would work now as a I format. So. It's comedians telling gags in a kind of game show uh, gladiatorial format, and it was a kind of show late sixties, early seventies. And uh, Barry was a regular. Barry was host, I think. Of okay, it. yeah, yeah. But yeah. there'll still be some on YouTube, and I've always thought that's a format screaming to come yeah, back. Lovely, but uh, lovely. for some reason, it never has. There but anyway, um, yeah, yes. can be a lot of tributes, as I say. I'm sure special programs. Uh, as well. Now, Charlie, you've got a bit of a knack, really, of turning clubs' <laughs> fortunes around. I am. I'm very Haven't much you? like uh, 
like a sort of Red Adair character for people. You know, they should, Watford, teams that are Watford should have perhaps got me in this week. You know, before they went for Roy. Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of months back, Paul. Uh, Aberis with Town were play, playing top of the league yeah. TNS Total Network Solutions yeah. and mm. I completely wrote them off in the Ak Paddy Zaka that we were doing mm. and of course they went out that night and, and won the game you know they thrashed top of the league this week uh, Adrian Durham asked me to do a, a piece for his Around the Ground on yeah. Dover Athletic yeah. and Dover Athletic were about to go a year without winning a game wow. a full calendar year without winning a game so I d- happily you know I love the National League Paul mm. happily did this piece for Adrian for, for Around the Grounds about how Dover Athletic were having a nightmare season how they were going to go a year and of course Tuesday night they beat Eastleigh 1-0 Paul <laughs> so I'm ha- I think my, my face will be pinned up on the dressing room wall. yeah and I think it's maybe they're where all I'm... writing you off, boys. So listen, <laughs> listen to this. This is Charlie exactly. Baker on Talk Sport earlier on. This is tonight. where I'm going wrong with Torquay this season. I'm always very positive about them. That's Paul. the trouble. You've got to start being they're a bit constantly more positive about them. About them. I, perhaps I should start writing them off. Yeah, there we are. So if anyone wants me to write their team off, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, just uh, volunteer your services. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about reverse running later on. We're going to speak to uh, an exponent of it, someone who's very, very good, I believe. Someone who's a gold medalist in oh, the sport. Lovely. Of, because we did we bring it up now because it's all the rage. Uh, it's it's the fitterati's latest trick apparently mm-hmm. jogging backwards. We were told by the London Evening Standard, and uh, everybody's been trying it. To do it though, you've got to be prepared. I mean, it's supposed to be very good for you. All the benefits of it um, will be discussed later on when we speak to this uh, gold medalist. Yeah, but. To do it, ultimately, you've got to be prepared to look daft. You've got to go into, no your, vanity local, got to go into your local park and just <laughs> run backwards. The, the guy we're going to speak to says he's fallen over more running fours than he has backwards, but you've got to be prepared for people to laugh. Yeah. And So that's the hump you have to get over, yeah, looking I bet, I bet it's difficult to go over a hump backwards. <laughs> it would be quite difficult. <laughs> the backwards 110-metre hurdles would be... Oh, I'd love to would, see that, like Paul. to see that, yeah. Oh. But, um, you have to put them up as they go backwards. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. so we're interested to know that the day you were prepared to look daft, yes, and there are times... Nice. I mean, one of the most common ways you, are, you have to be prepared to do that is to get public transport in fancy dress when it isn't Halloween. <laughs> yes. Or, you know... <laughs> or a stag a time, You're on your way to a stag well, do. No, I think, I think it's fine. If I mean, if you, I, you know, I get on the same train where they, they'll kick off at Ali Pally for the darts. Oh, yeah. And you'll often see 15 nuns or yeah. 22 Smurfs or Oompa Loompas, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But that's, that's, you're in a gang. Yeah. But if you're on your own... On your own. And you're going, mm. you know, you're getting a train... And you're or you're dressed take, as Ted Bovis from Heidi High. Yeah, you're taking public transport <laughs> across a city to get and you're just on your own yeah There's, there are times in life when you've got to you've got to dare you've got to dare to be daft I'm happy um, and that's good fun Paul yeah. when, when were you in fancy dress on your own yeah <laughs> so when is well that would fit very yeah. much into the very when much you, very when nice when did you dare to look daft uh, much like the backwards runners the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast good afternoon Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talksport today is Holocaust Memorial Day uh, and it's a time to remember the six million Jews murdered during the Holocaust alongside the millions of other people killed under Nazi persecution and in subsequent genocides in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia and Darfur. Uh, it also marks the 77th uh, anniversary of the liberation of uh, Auschwitz and uh, as you've been hearing on TalkSport today, we have a number of uh, special uh, pieces that we've been playing out on the station as a tribute to some of the Jewish footballers and coaches that lost their lives in the Holocaust. We'll chat uh, to David Bockover very shortly who's put these together for us. But uh, we'll uh, focus first on the Polish international Josef Klotz. There were a few Polish players who represented uh, Poland but were then murdered in the Holocaust. The first one I could mention would be Josef Klotz. In 1922, Poland scored their first ever goal in a game against Sweden in Stockholm. And Klotz scored that goal. Uh, He scored the penalty. That was the first ever goal in international football for Poland. And he was murdered in the Warsaw Ghetto in around 1941. Yes, David is uh, with us in the studio. He was last with us uh, when he joined us to chat about his book um, about uh, Bella Gutman, a, a Holocaust survivor and one of the most influential coaches in the history of the game. David, good to see you again. Thanks good for coming nice in. Good to see you. Paul. 
Yeah, I mean, you wrote a piece for The Guardian a couple of years ago when you, you told the stories of many of these players who lost their lives uh, during the Holocaust. And there are so many, aren't there? There are so mm. many great footballers, coaches uh, lost to the game. Yeah, that that article actually focused only, uh, I drew the line at only international footballers mm. uh, who uh, lost their lives in the Holocaust. There, there were a lot more. Uh, when I wrote my book about Bella Gutman, uh, for those uh, listeners who don't know who Bella Gutman was, he, he's one of the greatest coaches in uh, football history. He won the European Cup twice with Benfica in 1961 and 1962, thus breaking the spell of Real Madrid, who'd won it for the first five years. But what is less known about Bella Gutman, that he was in fact, a, as you say, a Holocaust survivor. His father, uh, Abraham, age 78, was murdered at Auschwitz. So was his sister, Sharon. When I was writing that book, I came across, and what was most fascinating for me when I was writing this book, I came across a whole world that I never knew about. And bear in mind that I uh, am a Jew myself. I'm football mad and I'm fascinated by Jewish history. And I was coming across these names who played football with Bella Gutman, uh, uh, fellow coaches, uh, players who dominated the continent. I never knew about them. And this, I think, is what the lesson for me, uh, when I started researching these players in depth, this is what genocide does. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just kill the people. It kills the memory of those people mm -hmm. because pretty much everyone who knew those people also were killed. Yeah. Um, and and you, you made the point in this piece. I mean, there was um, I mean, a great footballing nation like Hungary that was to go on to become in the 50s. So many fantastic Hungarian footballers were lost, weren't they, during, uh, during the Second yeah, World jo War? Yeah, Joseph Braun you write about, who was a right-sided player. You say he was a, a pinpoint crossing ability, the David Beckham of his day. 20, played 28 times for Hungary, scoring 11 goals but murdered in 1943. Yeah, Yosef Braun, I would say, having read quite a lot of the material from, from the time, is the greatest Jewish footballer of all time. And going back to my former point, if you've got a load of Jews in a room who are football mad and interested in Jewish football mm -hmm. history, and you said the name Yosef Braun, uh, you'd probably pretty much always draw a blank. Mm. That's the tragedy of it. He made his debut at the age of 17. I always try to think, when I'm uh, looking at these players... I'm trying to think them in modern terms. Uh, who who would I compare them to? Mm -hmm. And Braun very much reminds me of Ronaldo. He burst on the scene when he was 17. Incredible lightning speed. Uh, a, a, a brilliant dribbling ability. Uh, scored superb goals. Dead ball ability. Never, hardly ever missed uh, a penalty. His career, though, uh, was cut short in his 20s. Unlike Ronaldo, uh, referees in those days didn't protect players in the same way. And his career really came to an end in his mid-twenties. In 1942, he was sent, along with 40,000 other uh, Jews, uh, to be slave labourers, supporting the Hungarian forces on the Eastern Front. And in January 1943, he was murdered, froze, beaten, starved to death. The last image we have of Josef Braun, actually, uh, from the archives, is that a witness saying that they saw Hungarian guards, Hungarian guards who probably only 20 years before had been cooing over his mm -hmm. footballing ability, were pulling gold teeth out of his mouth. Wow. You, you, you tell a story of, of one player as well who'd, who'd fought for Germany in the First World War, and Iron Cross was a war hero. Uh, but that didn't protect him, of course, uh, come the Holocaust, and he was, he was interned in a camp as well, wasn't he? Yes, this was uh, Julius Hirsch. He played for uh, Germany before the war, scored four goals in one appearance in, uh, against the Netherlands in 1912, represented the Germany in the Olympics, which was obviously the World Cup of his era before the World Cup uh, was founded. And then he went off to fight for Germany in the First World War, like so many Jews did for Germany uh, and for all these countries and were later murdered in the Holocaust. Uh, he uh, had a plan uh, because he was married to a non-Jew. He got divorced from his Christian wife. They agreed they would get divorced uh, in order to save uh, their children. Mm -hmm. uh, they, he himself was murdered at Auschwitz in March 1943. Uh, his, sis, his, his two children were actually sent to concentration camps, but they did survive. The, the name, of course, we all recognise in, in, in your piece... Um, is of Bert Troutman, and of, in my ignorance, I only ever think of Bert Troutman and playing on with a broken neck. It's, and, and in your piece, he he was as a teenager in 
in in the uh, Hitler Youth. Um, does it frustrate you that he's the name we all recognise from your piece? Well, obviously that's coloured by the fact that he 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 played in uh, he played in uh, England and he was a great hero with Manchester City fans. Yeah. Uh, but yes, of course, uh, you know, he, he, at the end of the day, he admitted himself that he was an anti-Semite in his youth, uh, and he did fight in the regime which accounted for the murder uh, of all these millions of people. Mm. So. Um, yeah, he did repent for what he what he had done, or what he thought, and uh, you know, fair dues to him. But it does frustrate me that the spotlight was so much on him and not on these other players. How, how difficult, David, is it is it to unearth the stories? It seems you've you've put together very rich, detailed stories of these players. How difficult is it to 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 find these stories of what happened to them? It's extremely difficult because the story the, 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 they don't have families they didn't have families left and the, and they don't have people who remembered them and passed these stories on and wrote about about them after the war so it's extremely difficult so you have to go into the actual into the Hungarian the Polish uh, press of that time uh, and and get those articles and try to find references to them it's amazing actually uh, how developed journalism in Hungary especially was in those in those areas it's like reading the uh, the back pages of, of the newspapers here now you have a match report and you have analysis it is it's very much the same so you're getting very very uh, good detail on these players as far as their personal lives are concerned then you've got to go into the into the genealogy uh, you know pay pay effectively for genealogists to look into it for you yeah. Well, you'll hear more of uh, David's uh, pieces on, on the players who lost their lives uh, during the Holocaust throughout the day here on TalkSport. And we do recommend his book, The Greatest Comeback from Genocide to Football Glory, that we discussed uh, a couple of years ago. The Bella Gutman story is an incredible one. David, good to see you again. Thanks, Thanks for coming David. in. Thank you very much. Pleasure. David Bolkover. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Charlie showed an interest early on in becoming a football super agent. Mm. Um, he's quite limited in the time he can he can sort of give to it, really. Yeah. But um, I've just remembered I have to do the school run on Mondays as well, right? Because I don't really do it the rest of the week because of work. So, so if you're I can't looking do to Mondays, poach players from other Wednesday agents. or Friday, I can do. Okay, at the moment, right? Okay, well, fair enough. Charlie becomes Jesse Lingard's agent, yes. imagines Michael. Uh, I can't get you a move to Newcastle, but I can get you 15 minutes on stage at the Stand Comedy Club in Newcastle. I don't even know if I could do that. You, don't, you haven't got the Jesse, power. Jesse might be able to, I don't know. He'd be good yeah. in his tryout spots and then not quite as good when they gave him a full weekend's run. Yeah. You know, um, but there we are. Paul from Burnley's been in touch. Okay. I need an agent. I'm 38. I played for the Turks and Caicos Islands in 2012 to oh. 2016. I've got international caps. I'm also on the FIFA 2014 World Cup uh, edition. Okay. Um, as it's a bot, I qualify to play. <laughs> so there we are. I'm not, so, I'm not quite sure... What can you do for Paul? 38? I can, I mean, what I can do for him, to be yeah. honest. I, don't I mean, know. I think you're going to need a more a He's more already, got, he's already on FIFA. I don't think I can improve on that, you know. So <laughs> That's very good. I'm just going in realistically, Paul. Yeah. I, I'm going to work hard for me 1%, yeah. but only if I think I can do something for him. Yeah, I mean, the idea... I mean, it's going to go. One of the players would be moved to be under... You know, somebody just undercuts every other agent. Mr. 1%, Charlie <laughs> Baker. Fantastic. By the, the, the amount of hours you can dedicate to it, that sounds know, like that's... the amount of effort you're going to put into the job as well. I take 1% because I, I give, give you 1%. 1% of my time <laughs> yeah. for 1% of the money. It's a simple It's a simple equation. Uh, are you interested? No, idea. well, thanks very much. That's I've got a quiz good. for you later, oh, Charlie. Oh, good stuff. Lovely. I'm not going to ask you natural history questions or... Okay. Uh, name some rivers. Oh. I do feel for Gabby Agbon Lahore and, and Jamie O'Hara. Uh, yeah. They're brought in every every. Oh, uh, they left school in nine or something to play football. <laughs> they get poked with sticks, don't they? Really? <laughs> you know, football isn't a lot. Yeah. Of them, a lot of poor them didn't old, really go to poor school. Old Gabby today talking about the River Thames. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Alan was giving him some club for oh, that. Dear, well, there, yeah, we there we are. There uh, we are. Daz Mapleton. We've been asking for backwards sports, Paul. Yeah. Uh, Daz has said, "I'd like to see backwards cricket, preferably all the way back to the 16th century, and we invent something else that we're better at." So yeah. that's a shame, isn't it? Thank you, Daz. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, so maybe we, we we didn't touch, and we could have done with Paul uh, Fairclough, but the National League, Martin uh, uh, Martin Lipton writing in his column today that uh, the general manager of the National League, Mark Ives, did a podcast recently, mm -hmm. and uh, he said um, the National League, obviously the league you keep a close eye on, uh, Charlie, um, is pushing for an extra promotion spot. They oh, say yeah. they're the only league 
where there is just two clubs that go up, yeah. where most others, uh, you know, you've got three up, three down, haven't you? Yeah. So they're pushing for two automatics and one through the playoffs. Yeah, I've got two, two things to say on this. Um, one thing is, if it does happen, can it be backdated to last season, <laughs> please? Yeah. That's all I'm asking for there. But, but mainly, of course they want. Of course they want that to happen. Yeah. But the Football League aren't going to want that to happen. No. The Football League don't want to ex- get rid of Well, you think of the s- size of difference clubs. it makes to a club when they drop out the Football well, League. And it's tough enough It's tough enough for one club to have to do it. Bottom it? of the League Two at the moment yeah. are, are uh, Scunthorpe and yeah. Oldham. You yeah. know, two big, proper... Football league teams, aren't yeah. they? You know, with a with a with a glorious history, especially old, amazing history. You know, and and you and you and you look at those and you go, well, the football league aren't going to want those to go out. So add another one, add another team to them. That's not, not going to yeah. want to happen. But then the national league is full of big ex English league teams. So it's and and Wrexham. It's yeah. Oh, here we no, are. no. I the said owl. English, Paul. Oh, they're okay. Welsh. Oh, sorry. I thought, they're oh, sorry. No, I thought you were just wasn't doing a, a bit dig. Of it wasn't bashing. a dig. Now, Andy and I were mentioning yesterday that we received a number of um, old magazines from a Talksport listener who didn't actually Fo- just put them in an envelope. Football magazines. Let's just make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't found in a bush. <laughs> found them in a bush. Who puts them in a bush? Why do that? Yeah. Always there, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, being in a bush because we did speak, we did speak about the former Northampton town player Frank Rankmore. I'm definitely not saying that again. Don't say it again. But anyway, um, <laughs> within this, I've had a bit more of a read of a thing they used to do called the Football League Review okay. that used to be put together in Livingston Ants, home of the, of the Football League, and they would give it out and it'd be in a programme. It was like a little magazine, That's a little okay. PR piece, a small magazine within a magazine that went to every football fan who a few ads a in there to pay for it, yeah, sure. But this one's from 1970. Big Chivs on the cover, playing against us, Martin Chivers there. Playing for Spurs, but uh, anyway, there was a big current affairs feature: motorways, a boon or a menace to soccer. Wow, this is obviously fifty odd years yeah. ago. But the worry was that fans of smaller clubs, and it was a it was a concern for smaller clubs yeah. at the time because uh, it was easier to move around the country because of these newfangled mm, motorways. The M1. They worried that people would go glory hunting. Yes. For example, uh, somebody said here. I think it was. I tell you, it was. It was the Doncaster Rovers team chief, a young gentleman, a young whippersnapper called Laurie McMenemy. Wow, as he, he was saying... Then. So it was Laurie Mack. That's right. He said, you can be at Ellen Road in an hour from Doncaster, and there you can probably watch the best club side in the world. Yeah. Who can blame someone for switching his allegiance if he's not satisfied with what he's seeing at his local ground? So motorways, they're asking serious questions about easy access around the country. It well, is a good point, though, no, Paul, because, because you look at... at I mean, look, sorry to bang on about it, but you look at Torquay Exeter Plymouth, which... There's uh, the motorway stops, and you get into the A38 and the Devon yeah. Expressway, and you know so if it's, you had a it's super not as easy. If we had a to super, the West Country, we'd be, we'd be four fans a week. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a nightmare down there. But yeah, but it's, it's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. Um, also, Scunthorpe um, were yes. raising uh, money for a minibus to transport there. Is this now or then? no? This was 1970. Oh, right. And the most, way they were doing different. it. They were, they were doing it was to collect one million cigarette coupons. <laughs> and they were bemoaning the fact that a lot of the top clubs, the fans of the top clubs, were not particularly helping oh, them. Oh, dear. Apparently. A million cigarette coupons. How a did million, you get the coupon? They were in the box. They were in they the, were in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they basically wanted all of their fans to become heavy smokers <laughs> so they could get a minibus. Can you up your fag intake? That'd yes. That'd be great. Thank uh, you very much. But one of the other things, just finally, was a thing that the good people at Ford had done, Ford Motor Company. Yes. And this week, this is 1970, remember, right? They said, we'll pay £100,000 to help stamp out this sort of malarkey. And it was pictures of bad tackles and holding and pushing and gamesmanship. This was the good people at Ford doing a kind of fair play league. Yeah, the the original VAR, those pictures. They'd seen enough to to think that fair play was going out of fashion in in 1970. You used to see this. (laughs) Have you ever watched the 1970 (laughs) FA Cup final? It looks like WWE. (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. The Leeds-Chelsea games were just brutal. But they'd had enough of it at this stage. Okay, this is Ford, is it? And they were given a first prize of £50,000. It worked like this. Each team was awarded one point for a home goal, two points for an away goal, Five points were deducted for each player having his name taken and um, ten points for any player that was sent off. And I looked it up, the ultimate winners of this, it didn't last very long, yeah. but the ultimate winners of this, at fifth, first prize, 50 grand, and which is equivalent to about £800,000 now. It, right? it for very a club. Good. Yeah, yeah, for I mean, eight, you know, 92 clubs, pounds, was it? 
in those days. Yeah. And the winners were Oldham Athletic, you just mentioned. Were they? Jimmy Frizzell was the manager, and obviously had his eyes on the prize. Yeah. And they had a good year, scored plenty of goals. I think they had four bookings all season, oh. which in, although you could get away with. You could basically yeah. hold somebody down and repeatedly punch them in the face, <laughs> and the referee would give you <laughs> a Difficult warning. to get booked. It was, quite, it was a lot harder to get booked. But, yeah, they won all of that money. Uh, but it had to be used on redeveloping the ground. That had to be spent right. on the infrastructure. You couldn't just go and, and buy a for the fans. left no, back or something. You couldn't go out and, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and buy John Radford or someone no. like that. But there we are. Is that a little blast from the past? But Love it, Paul. It's uh, interesting to know that they're looking little at... little time uh, capsule, isn't it, like, Time, time travel. I wonder if Scunthorpe ever did get that minibus, ever got those million yeah. coupons. Maybe you can let us Torquay know. Torquay won a minibus for winning, for coming second in the Sherpa Van Trophy. Did you really? We that's had nice. a minibus. That's, the, yeah, that's yeah. the glamour of the game. <laughs> Lovely, wasn't it? Maybe you could just become like a couple of Torquay players agents and then work your way up if well, you're looking for Mr. 1%. I think that's probably about, 1% about my level. 1% effort. I put in 1% effort, I take 1% yeah. and I get you, I guarantee you a 1% success rate. <laughs> they call me Mr. 1%. They certainly do. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. chat uh, very shortly to uh, the makers of the new documentary available on all four footballs coming up. Let's give you a flavour uh, of it. You're going to hear from Patrick Bamford, Jonian Lescott and Ian Holloway. Being brutally honest, yeah. I think football's homophobic. People will target you for whatever reason they feel if an outcome to a game isn't what they want. Do you think the Premier League is ready for a gay or bisexual player? I mean, it'd be interesting if you've had somebody say that they don't believe that there's somebody that's gay at elite level. I'd love a conversation with them because I think they're insane. There are 100% gay men in elite football in this country without a shadow of a doubt. They just don't feel comfortable yet to be themselves. I know in our change room, I don't think there would be like too much of a reaction. Like, it shouldn't be that big a deal in this day and age. You can never say never because you just don't know but I think the perception of gay males has changed. I honestly believe the dressing room would be where they would receive most support. Now, I'd like to say players are, are more mature. Don't think just because you've come out that anything's gonna change, like if we're still mates and stuff, like nothing should change. I think that would be the kind of perception everyone would give off. It might be a huge feeling for him. It feel like the world's on his shoulders, but it wouldn't take five minutes. And I think it'd be a total relief at the end of that. Anybody in the group who's negative towards it, I would get rid of, without a shadow of a doubt. We have improved, but we don't do enough. Football clubs need to do more. Yeah, interesting stuff. James Willis is the co-director and producer of the documentary. Jack Newman is the executive producer. Guys, good afternoon. Good, good afternoon. afternoon. Thank you for having us on. People have kind of examined this idea of why someone hasn't felt comfortable uh, in this country uh, to to come out in professional football. But you've taken it on sort of slightly differently, James. I mean, you you've almost got a roadmap of the process of what might happen were a player. To, to wanted to come out, how that would be managed. Yeah, so so when we when we initially approached this idea, there's obviously a lot of documentary and a lot of content out there that looks at who's who is the player. Like there's a lot of silhouetting in there. For us, it was about uh, examining what would happen when, why why is football ready, and also creating a roadmap for any players at any level. Looking at it like um, to see like what what uh, at whatever stage of my my career. Could I come out? Would I feel comfortable? Um, and talking to players and players, managers to kind of give us an insight into the reality of the situation right now and the advice I would give to anybody who was looking to do it if they wanted to come yeah. out as their authentic selves. Yeah, rather than sort of point, pointing fingers and trying to get people to, um, uh, you know, outing people, it's more, sure. more saying, mm. you know, here's his potentially a support group and a roadmap, as James said. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Bamford, they're kind of feeling that it would be shared with the dressing room first, wouldn't it? And I do wonder if that conversation has ever started. I wonder if a player has gone to a manager first and said, you know, I want to come out, yeah. and for whatever reason hasn't. There was a, a player, apparently, wasn't he, on social media a few years ago that backed away from the idea. We don't know how real that was or not but it was quite interesting that it seemed that someone was prepared to do that we wonder how far if it is the case in the process they'd got yeah uh, 
talking about Patrick, he he gives a great insight into the inner workings of a changing room and what it, how a player would be supported. But one of the most poignant comments came from Jolie and Lescott, who was saying that six or seven years ago, maybe the changing room was a difficult place because yeah. of the homophobic banter that existed within the culture. But then went on to say that he feels players and the education and society has shifted and players more mature these days around this subject matter. So I think there's a lot of weight in what Patrick's saying. And I, I do really feel that like through the research we've done and the people we've spoken to, that uh, a Premier League changing room, a championship changing room would be a safe place to come out. Obviously, yeah. certain individuals have their views, but across the board, um, it would be a safe place to share your sexuality. Whether you wanted to come out publicly about it is a totally different... Um, yes, because I can imagine there's a lot of footballers thinking, why should I come out? Yeah. Why should... It's nobody else's business. Yeah. What I, it's only going to affect me negatively. Mm. If, if I do come out, it's my business. I'm happy who I am. They must think, why should I come out? And also, the only player that has ever come out and still played was Justin Fashionu, and that's a very, very sad story. Yeah, it's 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 everybody's own individual decision, and no one's trying to force anybody to do anything. I just think that what the documentary looks at is like if a player did choose to do that, would they be accepted in the UK? Like we've seen Josh Cavallo do it in um, Australia. Mm. Um, so he's had a really positive impact. There's been negatives, but we've seen that it. Obviously, the Australian league is not as big as the Premier League. It doesn't go worldwide, but we've seen that the majority of the, the kind of feedback and has been supportive and encouraging. Mm. And you've seen the impact that he's had on the LGBTQ plus community by coming out and sharing his story and being able to play his authentic selves. And I think if, if a player did come out in the Premier League, it would, it would set a pathway for others. Patrick mm. says, says that in the documentary mm. um, and set a blueprint. It's not going to be easy and it will take a certain personality to do that. But um, I think from the research we've done and the outcome of the documentary is definitely in a better place than it was, say, two years ago or three yeah. years ago. Well, that's interesting, Jack, because um, we spoke to Robbie Rogers, the American footballer who played for Leeds, and this is 10 years ago, nine years ago when his book came out, yeah. and he didn't feel he could come out as an active footballer for those reasons you were saying there, James, that he would hear stuff, he would hear banter in the dressing room that made him feel very uncomfortable and unable to be who he wanted to be. Um, but it's uh, you're not the first person to say, I mean, we were talking to a player a little while ago, who said, I think it's different. Things have changed in the last three or four years. And, and what Patrick and Joni and Lescott are saying kind of backs that up really, doesn't it? I think the change is when, you know, in the dressing room, it'll be a safe place and, and within the team, but then taking that step to go public. Mm. And that's where it changes, where in social media backlash, um, and then just the fans in, in general, that's where the problems lie. I think yeah. as well, it's, it's, it's important to say this is only a, a problem in the men's game. In, in the women's game, it is, it is, they're so far forward mm. that, that it isn't even a conversation, yeah, the sexuality I, of players. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, if you want to go really deep, there's, a, there's toxic masculinity across male sport in yeah. general. You don't see openly gay tennis players, golfers. So, mm. But um, football is such a... Such an it's the most popular spot in the UK, most popular mm. spot in the world. Like so, it's under a microscope. Um, and I think the the problem lies there is like historically, there's been there hasn't been anybody apart from Justin. And we are like for people listening, like his story didn't end well. It didn't no. go well for him. So um, as a blueprint, it's not a very good one to follow. Coming up for academies, the cultures there slowly changing the educations are getting better like the tolerance for homophobia and racism is nil like but that's as you say a a society thing as well isn't it exactly kids coming through schools now it's not it's not acceptable yeah it's and and i do think like if if a player doesn't uh come out in the next five years or 10 years i think it will be a something that happens for a player coming through an academy who has been given the chance without any scrutiny about their sexuality just a purely Mm. Um, be a success based on ability mm. and that's when you'll see it come through um, I mean I take your point Charlie about those saying why should I come out it's my business but I think that the amount of sports people who talk about the relief of it and how much happier they are they can be authentic mm. they can be themselves they can live their life you know if you're very high profile and you're in sport 
you know, the journalist could be looking out for you. They, you know, they might be constantly looking over his shoulder. You can't live your life, mm. and that makes you incredibly unhappy, as a, as a lot of people have said. But before it's not like being an actor in the '60s or something, you know, where it was illegal to yes. be gay, and so no. everybody had had sort of, you know, fake wives, and and all, all, it was all really covered up. No, it, it is a ma- it is a male problem. It is a masculinity problem. There is probably I that think because going on people look moment, to, to, to. I think people look to find any issue with any player about anything they want to drag them back or, or if you're an opposition uh, fan yes you want to drag them back about anything to try and gain gain some sort of positive for your team yeah, it's ammunition isn't is it? that it's yeah. ammunition yeah. so i i think the fact that it can be used as op, uh, as ammunition or could be used yeah. as ammunition or could be if a manager wants to get rid of you or or whatever it whatever it is you don't want to give anybody an inch i think in football Especially, yeah. But you're right about other sports as well. It's not. It's not. Yeah. So, uh, when you started making this this documentary, I mean, uh, now you've come away from you've spoken to the players. Do you feel more positive about it? Do you feel it, the landscape is is better than maybe you did when you set out, or or were you a bit depressed by what you heard at <laughs> times? Um, if I'm being completely honest, I feel like within clubs and um, uh, being being uh, shown around certain clubs and the programs they have in place internally, like um, I feel like for players in academies and uh, players who wanted to come out of their clubs, it would, it would be positive. Mm. I can't speak for all clubs. We didn't speak to all clubs, but um, we spoke to a number of Premier League clubs. Um, But I do feel like there's a long way to go in terms of uh, social media. Um, I think players need to change their relationship with it if they're going to do this. I think um, a lot of players now work with uh, companies who help them manage with it. Manager and Patrick says it's it's that that can help like deter some of the abuse that they get and but also like maintain an authentic voice so they're still connecting with their fans because they are brands now. Um, but from a fan's perspective, like I I do believe the majority of fans will welcome it, mm. um, but there will be a small minority who don't. And like you said, anything you can do to put up an opposition player will be people will go to lengths to do. But then in the documentary, we also look at the legislation within football grounds and it's different for every club. The FA um, will have have got license to ban players for being homophobic on the pitch, but it's down to the club to set the legislation for um, how they deal with fans within the ground. And until there's like the the discipline in place is is across the board, Mm. like at Brighton, Paul Barber speaks about how fans will be... um, any fan being openly homophobic will be prosecuted, banned. Um, and if they didn't want to go for the education process that they offer, it's a lifetime ban at Brighton. Yeah. So it's the same with racism and, and yeah. Yeah, they, they catch it yeah. on CCTV and they're very active. Yeah, at doing yeah I think most clubs are proactive, right? Even though they can yeah, set exactly. their own rules. Most of the yeah. most, I think we've read today about an, an Evertonian fan, I think, who's been yeah. uh, in that situation. Of but it's about, it's about creating an atmosphere at a stadium. Like you, you should be able to go there and it, and feel the pantomime of football, yeah. like shout, shout, and if someone's not playing well and stuff like that. But I think we need to remove this like mindset of like I can go there for ninety minutes and be as abusive as I want, sure. and nothing will happen to me. Yeah. And once people feel the repercussion of that, it will slowly be eradicated. Yeah. And I'd still, I feel you'll still feel the same passion from fans. It's just the homophobia, the racism, will won't be mm. as apparent in stadiums and. From this, it's not all fans. It's not going to be a wave of homophobic abuse. It'll be one or two when a player goes to take a corner in the opposite in the opposition end, or yeah, from yeah, a away yeah, fan yeah. shouting abuse. So, yeah, it's it's that that was the findings from from what we've done, mm. and we've seen like recently the 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 fa- uh, the chant that's sung. At, um, I don't even say on radio, but yeah, the, 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 the Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah, yeah. Chelsea yeah, chant Chelsea has now been now been uh, yeah. uh, outlawed, outlawed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which outlawed. is great, mm. like. It sounds great. It sounds a brilliant. So where can, where can we yeah. where can we watch it, Jack? Where where is it available? Yes, it's all uh, available now. It's all on all four for Channel Four um, and on their YouTube channel as well. Excellent. Well, uh, we wish you well with it, and thank you very much for joining us. In yeah, the thank you for having us. Cheers, yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. James Willis and Jack Newman from uh, Bullion Productions, the people behind Football's Coming Out, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We.
we spoke to reverse running gold medalist uh, David Holmes a little bit mm. earlier on and uh, about the joys of uh, backwards running. And uh, Tom, the Wolves fan in uh, Kings Winford, says, um, me and a group of Wolves fans have a long-standing tradition of running backwards up the hill next to Molyneux on match day. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an extended run, just a small sprint. It's done for good luck and has clearly worked. Oh, yeah, things added in the right direction, yeah. pushing for top four. Can't so, not do it now, can they? Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, what have we got here? Um, uh, Sherpa Van that Torquay won for the uh, beating of Bolton in the final. We didn't beat him. We came set. We, we lost three. Oh, one. Okay. Four one. We lost four. Scored first though. Ran out of diesel on the way home at Exeter. <laughs> I drew the short straw to do uh, Mary. Jerry can run, oh, says uh, dreadful, Andy yeah, Davis. Yeah. Oh, dear me. There we are. Um, so uh, you can keep those coming. Talk Talking backwards them. good if you have gout. Doesn't hurt your toe. That's from Rob Hunter. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> you can't do it the rest of your life. There yeah. There um, John says, that sounds mad. It'll never take off. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> intend to do any backwards running. Hmm. Um, I wonder how many people... He's not saying do it all the time, is he? He's saying sort of... Chris says, I wonder how many people like me <laughs> are now running around their lounge or kitchen backwards just to see what just it's just like. Just trying it out. Just <laughs> yeah. trying it out. I think it's a good idea, Paul. Yeah, yeah very, very good. Very, very good. Um, and in light of our conversation with the guys there, uh, Michael, the Sunderland fan in Durham, says, I'm just wondering if you think there's too much pressure on gay players coming out. I feel the media is waiting to jump on the moment that it happens. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. It's a, a It does build, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does before. build. You know, to be that, that first player... Uh, to do that, I mean, yeah. again, I mean, I, I do take your point. You know, why should I? But it, it, you know, it's it's not fair. We talked before, and we about to Gareth Thomas about this. How much, how depressing and how upset and how difficult it was to to live your life yeah. as a lie. You know, why should anybody have to do that, really? But the consequences um, of it, in some players' eyes, uh, they're not in a position at the moment to feel they can do that, which is which is a, a great shame. Although it's good to hear things are changing. You'd hope. Yeah. You hope it's changing. That's what I hope. I think it is. I think it is. So to get in touch this afternoon, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet to TSH&J. Now, Charlie, you bring us news, don't you? The Talksport shop is open, Paul. Oh, good. Okay. And we've got you covered this winter with an entertainment everyone can enjoy. Yeah. Wrap up with our discounted bundles. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that's... Uh, a bundle a of items. Yeah. Well, no, it's a bundle, isn't it? Talksport hat. It'll be like a little... Three or four items from yeah, the Yeah, what's in the bundle? Shop. Well, Paul, I don't know. Talk, just go with the shop. Talksport bundle. Do we know and find out? Martin bundle. No. Ra- wrap up with our discounted bundles or settle in with a Talksport mug and a Talksport quiz book signed by Alan Brazil. Signed by Alan Brazil. Fantastic. Yeah. Got his scales here, Paul, haven't we? Yeah, we've done, it's odd. I don't know what's been going on. Is it breakfast? Or I don't know. They've got a set of um, sort of bathroom scales. Of, uh, they've been having a weigh-in in the morning. Yeah, doing the January weigh-in. He's quite possible. On a health kick, isn't he? For, for so, getting ready for Cheltenham. So whatever the score is, head to talksport.com forward slash shop. Because it's not, it's a virtual shop. But be honest, we haven't yeah. got, you can't pop in. You can't pop into the office and Alan's not I reckon it's a beanie hat. In an arc, right, like brown coat. <laughs> yeah, would be good. Can that see would him be doing good, that. Yeah, yeah. be a lovely sketch. We'll have to do a shift in the shop. This is a good point. I'm just going to say this, Paul. This is from Bradders. Your chat with football's coming out. You mentioned the Chelsea chant is now illegal. Can you let the listeners know it's not a Chelsea chant, no. but a homophobic chant sure. against Chelsea no, fans? That, well, that point, was the Bradders. point. Not a, yeah, not made by uh, Chelsea fans, directed at uh, Chelsea fans by a small section of some fan bases. That, that is absolutely right. There we are. So, um, still to come this afternoon, we've got a birthday spread yeah, for we you. Are. We have a bit later yes. on, haven't we? We're and you be... won last week, Charlie? I did, Paul. I think I, I got 28 out of the out, got 28 out out of 10 birthdays, which is under yeah. three out on every birthday. I was pretty, yeah. pretty pleased I with it. I think you're cheating, but well, I Well, you say... always say people are cheating when they're beating <laughs> you, Paul. You're, okay. not, you're not playing Wordle, are you, Paul? You're not doing just, Wordle. Just, just, no, I'm not doing not Wordle, doing Wordle. I'm, I'm, I'm doing I'm, Wordle. I'm very much, I very much f- enjoy hearing how you've done every day. <laughs> it, it sets me up for the day, it really does. We have you a, and everybody we have a, else who's doing it. We've got a family WhatsApp group with a league table on it. Yeah. And um, my wife thinks my brother's cheating. Let's just say that oh, okay. on Wordle. I'll add that to the end. Is it easy to cheat bit. on? Mm, it, it's very easy to cheat on. You're just yeah. cheating yourself, though, aren't you? Exactly. A bit like you in the, the birthday spread. The... <laughs> cheating yourself, Charlie. How do you cheat in the birthday spread? There is no way to cheat in the birthday you spread. You look at and memorise a number of birthdays what, from gonna, the week. What, the, the bloke who's the chief inspector of Humberside Police? Some, I know it, that's going to come up, If you up, want I, it bad enough. This is bad. I know you'd put 1% you effort into embarrassing it. embarrassing yourself <laughs> here, Paul. Mr. 1%. Well, we'll see later. 1% funny. If you're 10 years out or no years out on all the birthdays. The Hawks. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then for another birthday spread. A pretty uh, simple game. We take um, 10 people whose birthdays it is this week. Well, rather, Andy Jacobs does. He then writes 10 gags. Yeah. uh, One uh, for each birthday. And um, it's the job of myself and Charlie to try and guess how old these people are. It's as simple as that, really. And uh, there will be a margin of error. We're not going to get them exactly right ten times unless one of us is cheating. So um, (laughs) so there'll be a margin of error, and it's the one one who has the smallest margin of error, the one who's the least years out after ten birthdays, who is crowned the winner. Um, We'll find out what the current scores is between, between myself and Charlie. But first, good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, boys. And I've got, uh, I sent them to Max, uh, the birthdays without the ages, and he has submitted his selection for this week. Yes. Uh, so I'll, at the end of each thing, I'll just add academic interest to see how he does. Okay, you, you're going to tell us. Are you going to tell us how I he did? I shall tell you, yeah. Okay, oh, that, will, okay. that will speed so the process. So Jeff will have to put an extra column in. Oh, that oh, is okay. not well, Max, Max is an exhibition stuff for Max, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it may it may not it may not count towards the yeah, score. But it may it'd be, not work. Be interesting yeah. to see if he's uh, if he's lost his touch. I think what we, need, need, touch, I think what we need is more things to go wrong. Yeah, that's it. We need an extra <laughs> layer of maths, <laughs> definitely. Um, anyway, that's Andy. Good afternoon, Jeff. Oh, he's back. Back at work. Oh, back, back in back, back in, in the, the nerve, nerve centre. Yeah. Oh, what a game last week we had. Yeah, twenty nine twenty six. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, scoring the lowest ever scores, the lowest ever aggregate scores. Um, the previous best. Uh, can you just mute Andy's headphones for a second? Um, I spoke to the court of arbitration for birthday spreads. Andy's yes. friends. Um, sorry, you can turn them back up now. Um, 33 was the previous lowest when uh, when wow. Paul beat Max in April uh, last year. But uh, yeah, brilliant, just brilliant scoring. 13-8. Uh, Paul leads Charlie. Okay. That's the overall scores. Right. Nice. Well, Charlie, you lead. Yes, off. we don't want to hear first. what those terrible people have got to say. Really, <laughs> terrible <laughs> people. Up, He's such a terrible, <laughs> a terrible man. Eh? So, Charlie, <laughs> yes, uh, let's go. You're going to lead us off today because mm. we decided that's the way it works. So, it works. here's Pele. He often joins us. Yeah. Okay. okay. And the first birthday this week is uh, the great broadcaster Bamba Gascoigne. Oh, Bamba Gascoigne. Now you're talking. And uh, Bamba loves fine dining, but he really preferred going out. Yes, he preferred going out to eat pre-lockdown when it was much cheaper. You could still get a starter for 10. Oh, very nice. nice. Yeah, it's good because he did university challenge kids about a thousand years ago. He's always looked 60, even when he was young. I'm going to say he's 90. (laughs) That's a good guess. I'd say he's a bit older. 93. 
Uh, he's 87. Oh, sorry, Ben, uh, if Max, you're listening. <laughs> Max went with 89. Oh, OK, fair enough. You don't have to do all the maths. Well, just, just, it's just a little bit of fun. Um, a beer match for oh, Max. Oh, I won't bother. So, uh, no, you can. It's just, it could make, yeah, put, put them on the podcast. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what's the scores, Jeff? Paul 6, Charlie 3, Max 2. OK. <sighs> 6, okay, well, 3, 2. OK. Marvellous. Right, I'm first then, next. Okay, it's Alicia Keys, the singer-songwriter, Alicia Keys. And uh, she only wears clothes in shades of charcoal, lead, graphite and steel. I don't know what it is about Keys and Grey. Oh, there we are. <laughs> oh, Fantastic. She's a, yeah, she's an Alicia, but that's all right. I'm sure she was not listening. Hello, lads. Alicia here. <laughs> Just a great show. Um, what did I call her? Uh, Alicia. That's all right, it doesn't oh, matter. Blimey. Me. <laughs> it's hardly a Sir Johnny Weaver. No, it's not. It's not a Sir Johnny Weaver, certainly. Well, there'll never be another Sir Johnny Weaver. There'll never be another. There'll never be another. There'll never be another. They're old, all right, ladies, they're good old stuff. Alicia Keys. Uh, 41. <laughs> yeah, I think you're about right. I'm going to say 40. Okay, uh, she is, in fact, 41. Oh, and, well uh, done, Paul. Wow. Oh, well on the nose. Very good. And I'm assured that Max didn't look these up, but he said she was 41 too. Okay, uh, so he got, I think he got he naught there. Okay, so he's amazing on two. I think we can <laughs> disregard Max's <laughs> scores. <from laughs> Mr. Google. So <laughs> I, I, I take it I stay on six then. Yeah, yeah you, you yeah. do, Charlie, on four, and, and Max definitely not cheating on two. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next one, Charlie, you're first. Okay, Charlie, the next birthday is Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho. And not a lot of people know this, but he has a brilliant capacity to mentally generate, transform, and rotate a visual image and relationship between real and imagined objects. That's why they call him the spatial one. (laughs) That was good. These are all very good. I prefer not to speak. Very good. 58. (laughs) 59. He's 59. 59. I feel like you've yeah. seen that. Yeah, everyone's been cheating. 59. Gordon, Gordon Oogle in Australia got 59 as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. G I think Oogle. we can lose those. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Max stayed on two. What a surprise. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be fuming when he listens to this. Gary Oogle. <laughs> even, in... a, even a suggestion of cheating, he'll be fuming. <laughs> he will be. So, um, what's the scores? Uh... Well, two direct hits for you then, Paul. Yeah. So, it's six to you, five to Charlie, two to Max, yeah. and Kim John... Uh, on is on zero. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. He's the best player in the world. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Sorry, Korean telly. That let's lady told me. Say more names and numbers. Why not? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Not getting Donald confusing Trump. at all. So I'm first this time. Take it away. Six five. Andy. Six five. Okay. It's the singer-songwriter, of course, Sweet Caroline. Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond, yeah. and his family are about to vote in a poll to find the best left back in Manchester United history. You won't be surprised to know diamonds are forever. Diamonds are Very forever. Good. That's that, nice. Excellent. That's diamonds good. Are forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's Neil Diamond? He's got to be. It's got to be about um, seventy-nine. What are we thinking? Uh, Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Okay. Okay, he is in fact 81. Yeah, uh, Max get in. <laughs> Max went with 77. Oh, okay. okay. He's not off the boil. So what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Paul eight, Charlie five, Max mm, six. Six. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Kim Jong un nil. We go into uh, <laughs> we go into the halftime break then after this one, and uh, Charlie, you'll be leading us off. Okay. Okay, Charlie, it's the rock singer Steve Perry. Steve Perry. And uh, I once barbecued a whole baby pig for Steve's party. <laughs> Went down very well, actually. Everybody enjoyed Perry's suckling. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Blimey. And as a, as a sidebar, I was oh, knighted for oh. making his band a car- Yes, you'll like this. I was knighted for making his band a carpet. Yes, Sir Journey Weaver. Oh. <laughs> Blimey. Don't stop believing in the these jokes. Of one. Yeah, yeah, we can't <laughs> Steve Perry from Journey. Mm. From Journey. I never from, believed from in journey. the first. Place. Uh, 66. Click, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, I'd say you're probably not far off. Uh, 67. Uh, 73. Oh, wow. 
and uh, Cheetah Don't Rivera in Australia. Believing, <laughs> just a small town girl living in a different world. Anyway, no, it can't like be. League man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cheetah Rivera in I Australia took a went with seventy-two. Train, it was the wrong one. God, I've got on the wrong train. Dad. I'm on the wrong train. It's the, the midnight train. train. Anyway, so I shouldn't be out at midnight. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, right. sorry guys, what's happened? <laughs> okay, so you, Paul, we, did Paul you get Max's one or not? I did. No, yeah, so it was Max's Paul on, yeah, Paul on fourteen, yeah. Charlie on twelve, and Max is on seven. Oh, yeah, a bit smelly, this, isn't it? A bit smelly. A bit I, think, smelly. I think we can suspicious disregard those suspicious, results. Uh, betting patterns. Anyway, so there we are. That's half time, and uh, geriatric journey is our new tribute act. We've, you'll join us <laughs> next week. Singer in the smoky room, the yeah, smell of Werther's and perfume. Yeah, we're doing that next week. <laughs> Poor ca- catch us on, catch us on tour. Uh, there we are. Uh, half time then. It's fourteen twelve. It's all to play for, and uh, more from the birthday spread. Second half coming up shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Welcome back to the second half of the birthday spread. It's all very delicately poisoned. The mm. game between myself and uh, Charlie. Uh, I'm on 14. Charlie's on 12. That means he is winning. His margin of error, the five birthdays so far, shorter than mine. Max Rushton is on seven remotely. He did his yeah, scores yeah. earlier on. If we can trust that, no. I'd like to think we can. I, you know, Knowing the man as I do, I don't think he's a cheat. I don't know. But I don't think he's a cheat. But let's let's move on and see how he fares at the end of ten birthdays. I, I'm up next. Pele's back. That really is Pele, by the way, if you join us for the first time. Sergio uh, Mendes and Pele working together. Uh, so here we are then. Next birthday, Andy. Dutzen Chris. Dutzen Chris. Dutzen Chris. South Africa. It's uh, it's nice to be able to feature a friend of Charlie's on the birthday spread, oh. or as we call her, Baker's Dutzen. Hey, what does Dutzen Kruitz do? She's a model. Dutzen Kruitz the model. Wow, yeah, that's not, not a plumber. Oh, could she could be an old yeah. model. She could be a young yeah, model. Dutzen Max Kruitz. struggled with this one. Yeah. Please, wow. you've gone, please, you've gone. Uh, don't give any clues. Andy. Difficult. Should, should we go? We're going to go middle diddle. What are you to, do? Don't it's look at me, me Paul. Wow, it's different. Dutz and Kruitz. There's a chance for me. I love Dutz. I love Kruitz. Uh, I'd, I'd say, I'd say, she, I'm going to go for it. Uh, I don't know what to do. Ooh, what's oh, he going to do? I'm going to go 40. Ooh, I shouldn't right have in done the middle, it. I shouldn't right in the have middle. done it. Charlie, Dutz this is a big moment for you. I'm going to just say 30. She's, in fact, 37. Ooh, right in the middle. Oh, that, that could have been a lot worse. Wow, we both could dodged the bullet better. there. Wow, so yeah. what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Well, what did Max say? What did Max say? 36. What, sorry? <laughs> 36. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say 86. <laughs> that would have been you notice how he's what gone one out just what to make it look good. Ignore <laughs> <laughs> him. Yeah, trying to put us off the scent. To disgrace what he's like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what it's, like. a, it's amazing Max moves down under and suddenly becomes amazing at yeah, the birthday yeah. again let's be honest he's stunk at for many yes. weeks yes <laughs> uh, so, it's, uh, yeah. Paul you're now in the lead uh, you were three out on that yeah. one you move on to 17 yeah. Charlie seven out he's on to 19 so two in it four to go okay and Max is on what Spurious figure. Eight. Eight. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Chinny record. Right. Um, <laughs> next. Better get some cream for it. Uh, next. I think he one time was chairman of the FA, but he's now chairman of the BT Group, uh, Whitbread, Canter and ASOS, uh, chief executive of ITV as well at times. It's Adam Crozier. Mm. Adam yeah. Crozier. Adam Crozier. And uh, he's, ju- he's just taken up songwriting, actually, in the style of Tom, uh, not Tom, Tamla <laughs> Tom, Tom Motown. Tom Motown. The actor who... Yeah. Tom Lamont, yeah. yeah. with the actor who plays Spider-Man and the former Charlton Ipswich and Ireland <laughs> midfielder. Yes, it's great Sorry. to hear songs from Holland Crozier Holland. <laughs> Holland Crozier Holland, one for the music fans yeah. out there. Adam Reach Crozier. <laughs> Reach out and I'll be there. Um, Love his feet. <laughs> oh, this is difficult because he could be, you know, yeah. when, was he, when was he at the FA? Paul? How old was he then, you know? I know you can't help me. I know you can't help me. 65. I think he's a bit younger than that, but that's not, not too bad. That could have been more volatile. Uh, what is Adam Crozier? 58, I'll go for. Okay, he is, in fact, 58. Oh, Paul, bang. Myself and Andy had a meeting with him once. He Very mistook good. us for two people who knew what they were doing. But <laughs> oh, we won't go into that now. But it is, it is quite a story. <laughs> You've met him. That's cheating, isn't it, meeting um, a person? Well, yeah. uh, okay. what, was, what was Max's uh, guess? Ma- 
Max's uh, Google, uh, computer was down, so he went 63. Mm. Okay, right. fair enough. 63, right, so what's that done to the scores, then, uh, So Max nominally on 13, yeah. uh, Paul 17, Charlie 26. 14, okay, right, I go next, then. Bit of a gap there, number eight. nine. Here we go. Oh, and it's the artist, David Heffer. David oh, Heffer. Wow. Yeah, so one time I gave him so many commissions, he, he couldn't keep up. He had to take time off with exhaustion. I milked Heffer dry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know oh, yeah. David Heffer, the artist, Charlie? Yeah. Do you? Mm. <laughs> do you? Ask me a question. I've said yes. <laughs> I've, I've heard I of Heffer. You don't. I've, I've, heard. I've heard of Heffer. <laughs> um, I'd say, oh, I don't know. 72. Oh, is this going well for you, know, Charlie? I don't know who he is, Paul. I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is. Who is he? 65. 65. Uh, and Max went 62, mm. but in fact, David Heffer is 87. Oh, oh wrong way, Riggles. It was. So what's that done? Oh, I'm, I'm done here. Jeff. Yeah, 15 out, Paul, so you're on to 32. Mm. Charlie, 22 out on oh, that one, on to 48. Yeah. Uh, but Max drops into second place because his Google was down, so he's on 38. <laughs> Even when he cheats, he's not winning. So that's marvellous. What's Paul 32, is he? Yes, I'm 32, yeah. 48, 38. 16 in it, two 16, to go. 16, thank you. Yeah. Weird measurement. So, uh, <laughs> Charlie, you're next. <laughs> really long leg. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the actor uh, Piper Laurie. Oh, yeah. Piper Laurie. <sighs> Piper Laurie. And I'll never forget the time, and I may have mentioned this last year, that she stood outside Dawn French's house singing songs from the classic debut album of Pink Floyd. Yes, it was Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Yay! Yeah, 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 nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the music one side. Oh, dear. Well, you know. Yeah. I don't know who this is. You don't? No. <laughs> but I think she's old, because they normally are in the second half. 85. <laughs> Game predictable. <laughs> um, I th I'm, I'm thinking of someone. And I'm wondering if I've got a horrible feeling I'm thinking of the wrong person. So yeah. I, I really Paul wanted, Laurie, the golfer. I really of. wanted to say much younger, but I might as well just stick on your coattails oh, now. Oh, what a cheat. Um, oh, well, no, I, sometimes poor. you've got to play tactically. Poor, I'm just poor. knocking it around. Oh, everyone's back. booing. Boo. 84. Off, off, off. Oh. 84. That's no, it's not. It's, it's the game. It's the game, gentlemen. 90. She's 90. Oh, How do you think I got Piper to where I am Peppers. in this particular game? <laughs> terrible not by being business. A terrible business. Okay, so what's that done to the scores? Uh, Max's guess? No. For Piper Laurie? Oh, uh, Max's guess, 77. Mm. Oh, okay, so he's 30, getting worse. So he's on to 51. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, 53. Paul, 38. Okay, so but I do have to go first this time. Yeah, so what are we looking at? 15, 15, well, 15 So you want, to, you want 16 years either you way, don't you? it works, Paul. Okay. Oh, thank you this. very much. <laughs> 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 right. Not in journey, you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, this renders uh, Max's guesses completely redundant because I've had to substitute Billy Ocean <laughs> with oh, okay. somebody else. So, uh, but Who's come mind, on from them? Give you. Uh, it's Anders Fogg Rasmussen. Yeah. Anders Fogg Rasmussen. Anders Hang on, Max has just, te just texted me. Oh, he's one out. Anders <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Fogg Rasmussen. Fogg what does he Rasmussen. do? Secretary General of NATO, uh, 2009 to 14, Ooh. and Prime Minister of Denmark, 2001 to 2009. A lot of people saw him as a hero, but uh, I discovered him boating in the Newcastle area and claimed him for myself. <laughs> yes, fog on the time. Fog on the time. I'm going to go, go 73. Oh, I think you made a mistake, Paul. Do you? I think he's older than that, so I'm going to go 89. He's in fact uh, 69. Oh, wrong way. Oh, I just no. looked at his years. Looked at yeah, his but years, I thought Charlie. they could be old. They get old, don't they? They have old prime Well, he's not prime in journey. Ministers. Uh, Billy Ocean, I would have got. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what is the final score? Oh, We've it's obviously lot, well, let's, let's guess that, this week. Yeah, let's we'll guess take, that Max was one out, so we'll put him on. We can uh, always just take the years two. he was out on Billy Ocean. How many years was he out on Billy Ocean? 
four years out. Well, add Ocean. that. Make that his, oh, make no. that his score. Then. Everyone knows how old yeah, Billy is. We can all sure. have a guess at Billy okay. Ocean. So what did he finish? Get on? out of my so, dreams. <laughs> get into my car. Yeah. Okay. So so the the the, the cheating yeah. slash non cheating. If you're listening, um, Max finished on 55. Mm. Charlie was on 73 because he was 20 out on that one. Paul, uh, brilliant guessing on that final one. Four out finishes on 42, which is still awesome. a very very good winning score. Not as good as last yeah. week, but no. still a very good winning score. So Paul now moves. Um, 14-8 in front. There we are. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, so uh, disappointingly, I... that didn't really work with Max, so that was not the last experiment. We won't be doing that next that. week. Okay. Let me that. check with the Court of Arbitration to see what they yeah, say. I Andy, they would have found um, it messy. I've, what is, I've lost respect for you <laughs> in the would. game, Paul. I've lost respect for you in the game. Yeah, but a lot of people are angry with you about it. I was time-wasting. Everybody can time-waste now and again in a game of football. It's like you started doing pass-backs to the keeper. <laughs> like Denmark, you were like, you're like Denmark in the, in the oh, Euros. Take that as a compliment. Well, Thank um, Anders Fogg would have enjoyed it. He would have done the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Was Charlie, Paul. you will return on Tuesday. Tuesday with you, Paul. Saturday yes. morning with Max, and we're on ten till one this week. Okay, because it's the not an international break, but a break. Yeah. So ten till one this week. But, Excellent. Uh, see you next Tuesday. We look yeah, forward sure. to it. Marvelous. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 